You're listening to The Perth Property Show, Australia's only weekly property podcast by West Australian experts for West Australian listeners. Catch your latest episode every Monday at 7am. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to The Perth Property Show. My name's Trent Fleskins, your host as always. Middle of August, still a bit of rain around, but the property market continues to smash on. And we are talking with Brendan Tolomey, my favourite guest, about the regional market. It's been a little while yes, talking about been. the regional market and things are moving a little bit in certain areas up and down. Yeah, and speaking of being cold and wet in Perth, let's talk about Broome because wouldn't we all like to warm up a little bit? Well, I've never been to Broome. Do you know that? What? Yeah. I was born in Derby. I've been to Kununurra. My dad took me around everywhere as a kid, but I'd never been to Broome. Wow. Do what, yourself what am a I favor. missing? Uh, well, you're list- missing an amazing climate. It really is an amazing climate. The town centre, I think, these days is absolutely amazing. When was the last time I was up there? About. Uh... You're there every couple of months, Brendan. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's X mouth. No. Um, so, Broome, I think the town centre now just looks amazing. You've got the modern coffee shops and restaurants and that kind of stuff that really create the action and the vibrancy. You've also got that heritage around and then that climate interlinks with things like the architecture and that starts to create that cultural feel of the place and it always feels just laid back. My best example is us guys as valuers getting off the plane in our polo shirts and long pants and leather shoes and you go pick up a set of keys or meet an agent at a property and they're cruising in linen shirt, shorts, sunnies and hat on and the moccasins or whatever. Was it Florida keys or something? Yeah, yeah, and it feels a lot like that, that tropical. You, you know that you're in a different place. So, And obviously Cable Beach is an amazing place to be as well. So what's going on in the market there? Yeah, You, well, it's, you really, guys have the property clock and big yeah. calls being made. Yeah, so hw.com.au if you'd like to check out our property clock. Yeah, my team have called Broom as starting to decline. So the clock obviously goes out to peak of market and the next stage from there is starting to decline. And really what we've just seen there is some transaction that's happening, particularly at the top end of the market in Broome, which is either side of a million dollars and people not being able to resell their properties for the same price that they might have paid in the last 12 months or so. Why so, are people trying to sell their properties 12 months after they bought them? Well, good question because isn't property a long-term hold? But everyone's circumstances change. We did see Broome go through that significant post-COVID and and in-COVID boom in terms of people trying to get into a market that they could see very active from a long-term rental point of view for returns and very active from an Airbnb short-term rental market returns as well. And so you just see those people, the values increase on the back of that. And now we're seeing a, a situation where, you know, maybe that increase happened a little bit too rapidly. Maybe values peaked a little bit too much. Maybe some people paid too much for the wrong product, got a little bit excited, and then they sit and look at, say, interest rates increasing, potentially vacancy rate happening in terms of those short-term rentals, the return they thought they might have gotten not being as high as they wanted, or potentially their circumstances change and they need to get out. So we've seen the demand for the high-end part of the market struggling and therefore values decreasing. Would it be right to say that demand has dropped off but supply is still fairly tight? Yeah, supply is still really tight. I think if you dig a little bit deeper, what you'll find is that the supply at the top end of the market is being freed up, but at that mid to bottom end of the market will still be relatively tight. Yeah. Okay. And what about the rental space there? Yeah, so rentals are still relatively tight from the long-term point of view, but that fluctuates because of that transient type population in that tourism market. And so one of the key things to think about with Broome is that they went through a cycle where they're busy all the time. So it's usually 
their dry season, i.e. southern winter, that they were always really busy. They then went to a cycle where they were busy for the whole year and now they're coming back out of that cycle post-COVID and so some of those rental returns won't be looking as high as they were and some of the rental market will start to free up a little bit. So it's obviously a very unique market. It's a very isolated market. It has no correlation to any other market in Western Australia. It's an island in itself, right? Is it balancing back out after the frantic domestic tourism market of COVID and it's just settling back down a bit? We're the not, arse isn't falling out of it no, in a Carraf, exactly, the Port yeah. Edmund way from years ago, is yeah. it? Yeah, we're not talking massive correction here. We're just talking about a market settling down and finding its feet as it works out what the next phase is. Okay, let's transition into... Carrather and Headland. Yep. They're both fairly correlated markets, obviously different price points, but correlated in terms of the cycle, which is generally the iron ore cycle. We don't hear a lot about these markets in the same way that three, four years ago, we would hear every week about how crazy rent rises are and price rises are. What's the dynamic on the ground there? We've obviously got a valuer that's based and lives in Carrather and she's telling us that essentially it's slowing up in terms of activity, i.e. less sales happening just at the moment. It does go through like a bit of a roller coaster, peaks and troughs just depending on what supply is there and, and how much demand's around. There's no effect on value. They're relatively stable and the rents are remaining higher. So it's just a situation where essentially there's maybe a little bit more supply than there was in the past. There's not as much demand as there was and so there's no frantic activity around value increase so actually it's just normalized a little bit and if you have a look at our that's a um, good thing isn't it yeah exactly so it means that probably if you're a local it might be a time to buy and have a look around at what products available if you're an investor maybe it's a time to to look around because we're still relatively confident that that market will continue to increase into the future why is that again that supply and demand so really expensive to build up there you can't create supply overnight the mining industry is continuing to be really strong. Carrather itself as a destination to live is much better than it ever was in the past. And so potentially that creates a more of an industry around itself. And and there is a lot going on. There's a lot of energy type stuff going on that, up there. There's the salt side of things as well. It's a pretty intense location in terms of being the centre of our West Australian economy. Is it the same story in Headland? Well, Headland's interesting because there's more investors piling into that market. That's some different price points in there. It's much cheaper in Headland than Carrather, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, so you can go and buy a one-bedroom unit in there much more easily than you can in Carrather because there's that older-style stock and, and housing type within Port Headland. The rents are high and they're sustainable because there's a lack of supply into the future. Again, we talk about the fact that it's really expensive to build there. And then the Port Headland port buyback of the 400-odd houses that sit in the zone that gets drenched by dust every single day, they're going to come out of the market in the future. They're still in the rental market and the port is slowly buying those assets back. But at some point in time, they have to come out of the market because the port's buying them back because they're not suitable to live in. So what happens next, i.e. we know from a long way out that that town is going to lose supply. So how are we going to create that? um, And we can't afford to add more supply. Yeah, yeah. And how do we replace that supply? And therefore, that means that there's pressure on values, both from a rent point of view and a capital value point of view. Exmouth, you're up there every week. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not because we've got a value based in Exmouth. She's doing a fantastic job. But you're um, there on holidays, obviously. When she's not working, you're yeah. up, you, you'd step in and yeah. do the good thing. I um, have to go and make sure the town's going okay. But really active still post-COVID in terms of making that road trip or that short flight and hop to Exmouth. We've been looking at some scenarios there of creating supply in that location. So is it viable to subdivide land 
create new land supply, single residential land supply in there. Is it? It's very edgy in terms of whether it's actually viable. Yeah, so the return probably isn't worth it. Probably needs some government intervention in terms of creating Isn't this supply. where Development WA steps in? Yeah, so they, they do own some Inglobo parcels of land in the locality and hopefully they can get something up into the future. Interestingly, there are some other private developers looking around at lots on those canal. There's some multi-unit sites in there, so it'll be interesting to see whether they can get those up into the future. But just interesting to note, there's one house on the market this week in Exmouth. That's all the supply is, and then mm. there's some vacant lots. So what that means is that price is insulated from a downside perspective and really not enough data to demonstrate it going up anyway. Also interestingly, in terms of some of the regional towns, as a reflection, there's builders based locally there. So that creates, even though it's expensive to build, it's obviously more expensive than Perth, there's actually tradies in town that can build a product, which means that they can create supply into the future. Geraldton. We've talked about in the past, coming off a really low base, some really good local economic activity happening there, some transactions and some in terms of magnetite iron ore coming in from inland. The Midwest projects. Midwest projects, the Gibson iron ore mine, those kinds of things. All of that is grist to the mill of values continuing to increase in the locality and the activity within the local area increasing. So went through a really rough patch, probably the roughest patch of any regional location in WA. Worse than Mandra? It would be on par in terms of that value correction being around about that 30 odd percent yeah and looks cheap so if you're within wa and you're looking around for investments it's probably not a bad place to check out a little bit like those perth hills type locations like northern and york you get to a different price point to invest into and it's it's a half the price point of the northwest Mm, well it's well below replacement value put it that way yeah exactly yep Kalgoorlie. Yeah, Cal's going through an interesting period of time. Investors are piling in there as well, going pretty crazy. East Coast investors? I think it's a mix, local, East Coast and Perth. The vacancy rate's really low and really tight. There's a little bit of construction. And again, we talk about the fact that there's actually builders based in the locality and can actually get projects off the ground and build single residential. Land sales, we've seen them slowed down a bit. So that might just show you that some investors have gone in there, bought up some land and now they're at that stage of trying to get there house built established dwellings still far and away the preferred product for an investor and an owner occupier to to buy in the location no different to perth is it yeah exactly there's a lot going on up there in terms of expansion of the super pit there's some significant infrastructure development happening there and then linus court with their rare earths processing facility coming to a conclusion of construction we're seeing some crazy rentals being paid for that short-term accommodation that then brings more confidence to the investor market as well let's head directly south I've been looking around Albany for a little while myself. Love the area. A town that's gone through the same undersupply issues in the rental and sales space, but a town where you look on the satellite, so much land. Every single property is 1,000 or 1,200 square meters. No one's really ever subdivided much at all in that area. If you wanted to, there wouldn't really be an issue with supply if people were incentivized from a price point to deliver it. Yeah. Yeah. And again, we've got a value of base down in the Great Southern and the feedback there is established dwellings are demanding a premium to the extent that it's it's like we've had in Perth Metro in the past. If we're doing a construction loan valuation at the moment, we can see there's definitive profit in buying a block of land and building a house at present in that marketplace, which doesn't happen very often. So there's a good tip for everybody. The lifestyle attraction to Albany is, is still significant. So when we're talking to buyers in the local 
area and, and renters, essentially they're coming to the location because they've worked out that they can work remotely. They're looking to slow down a little bit from the big city. They might get a little bit more land and a little bit of acreage, you know, get the chooks running and some grow their own food and those kinds of things. Still maintain their career in terms of being able to dial into meetings and, and do what they need to do remotely. And that's the attraction of that location. And clearly, as we all know, Albany is an absolutely beautiful place to be. That's right. Let's move across to Bustleton, Dunsborough. Similar situation down there to Perth, essentially, in that severely undersupplied. There really is no stock. Stuff that comes to the market is getting taken up really quickly. Really good demand from both locals as well as those lifestyle changes that we talk about. People seeking a lifestyle change going to choose Busso and Dunsborough as opposed to maybe the Albany choice. They're soaking up supplies, so are local upgraders as well. And then there's literally no rentals. Again, it's it's worse than Perth from a rental point of view in terms of if you want to create that lifestyle change and move down there and find somewhere to live, that's a really difficult proposition. It's a buy. It's very hard to build. It's impossible to rent. You just got to buy somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Buy established and get into just about anything you can. Well, we were talking to Stuart Reside from Urban Quarter, talking about Dunsborough Lake development that he's finishing off. They've got one stage left and then they're done. Yeah. Uh, Where's the rest coming from? Where's the next stage of land development coming from in that region? And there's a couple of owners that own a couple of really big bits of Inglobo land there that are locked up. It's their choice as to whether they would start developing that or not. It's really interesting to look at Dunsborough Lake it's especially that eastern section where from a valuer point of view driving through there in the last you know probably five years ago you look at that land and go who is ever going to build and buy this land and now it's just about sold out and the poor kangaroos are just sitting in that corner of the leftover bit of land just looking at each other going where do we go next yeah look that's probably the biggest COVID effect you can see yep. is there's so many of these East Court's got a development in Kawaram up called Hideaway yep. uh, there's a few of these Witch Cliff obviously happening yeah, yeah. where pre-COVID I don't think any of these would have come close to getting off the ground yep. since COVID people look at a small land subdivision in a small country town on the way to Margaret River and go yeah I can see myself building here yeah and what I do like about some of those markets in terms of construction is there's some different product there it's not cookie cutter product that you see in mm. Perth subdivisions and it's, it's ma- really, mainly steel frame isn't it yeah there's a lot of steel frame a lot of timber weatherboard type finishes a range of board type finishes some of the eco stuff that's happening down south of Margaret River there really interesting to see you know there's hay bale houses being constructed in those locations a lot of people watch grand designs and that gives them the opportunity to go and be a little bit different in rammed terms earth yep rammed earth's been really popular in there bit of tilt concrete panel really good to see those eco houses and ideas being tried in those locations hopefully we can get some of those ideas translated into perth i hope so too because it is just quite astounding that the second you clip north of mandra suddenly it's unacceptable to build in timber rammed earth steel Yep. hay bales, all these things. The second you're south of Mandra, oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. It's character. Yeah, exactly. And then you go north, and once you get out the other side, it's all got to be steel frame or concrete. Exactly panel right. North as well. So, yeah, it's pretty interesting. And I just wanted to pause there to, to make sure everyone understands that we are seeing value growth through that Dunsborough, Bustleton, and back down to that Albany location as well. So, you know, new contracts exceeding essentially the values that we've seen in the previous transactions. That's a modulation the last time we spoke. Last time we we spoke you were saying come off the boil a little bit still tight but not seeing great growth yep it's growing again yeah it is growing again in winter yeah. 
Yes, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, up to Bunbury is pretty interesting because you get that intersection there of, okay, it's not so much a lifestyle and holiday type location, but you're back to that commerce proposition a little bit like Jero, where you've got a port, you've got a significant amount of really local investment in industry. And so you've got Kemerton Industrial Area and the Greenbushes, you know, biggest and oldest lithium mine in the world down the road. And that's influencing people coming into town. So low end of the market there being soaked up by both investors and even companies and contractors that are working on those sites. And that's essentially because it's more affordable also because they need to be in that location. So again, values increasing, a little bit less pressure on supply and a bit less pressure on rents in that location though. I think for anyone who's not tied to Perth, going and looking at the Bunbury market as an option for a lifestyle is a very smart idea. Yep. It's that much cheaper. You've pretty much got everything you need in Bunbury. Yep. All of those amenities, services, and whatnot. As long as you don't feel the need to be on a high street in Mount Lawley or Claremont or Leaderville, it's certainly, for a cost of living argument, a winner. Yeah, yeah. It is often forgotten what infrastructure is in and you know how big Bunbury is. And, and it's and access to our favorite part of the world, the southwest. Yep. It's only an hour or two rather than three or four. Yeah, exactly. And then you've got Ferguson Valley literally up the hill, which is a fantastic place to be as well. Mandra is the last one I want to talk about. I know we're teetering on the edge here of regional and suburbia, but for me, it is a frontier where it really has been the poster boy for getting absolutely smashed, as we said, in Geraldton, and now a recovery where a lot of people are seriously considering a life either in a subdivision north of Mandra, being Carnarp Lakelands, or yep. one slightly south, being Wannanup or Dawesville. Paul's head in there as well. So it's really great, number one, to see the recovery in that. I think the working from home phenomena really creates the opportunity for Mandra to grow because there you're getting that location where people can still jump on the train or the freeway and get to the office when they need to, those one or two days a week. But then they can do what Mandra was always mooted for and the whole reason that it had attention in the past and that is to get the lifestyle for a really good price point and be either on a golf course or a beach or a canal and actually enjoy the place that you live. I always found it quite ironic that people would go to Mandra for their lifestyle, but then once they got there, they'd have to commute to Perth and lose that lifestyle in commuting time, essentially. The new world order of post-COVID and working from home creates the opportunity to enjoy that local lifestyle while still being engaged with the economy of the Perth CBD. I'd like to remind people that back in the last boom, the median house price of Mandra was about 20% higher than the median house price of broader Perth. Yeah, so there's a lot of canal product there that, you know, some significant homes built on canals, even in some cases across a couple of canal lots, those kinds of things, and that really dragged up that median house price in the location. Then you also got the beachfront type housing through there as well. Today, the median house price is 355000 compared to 555000 in go. Perth. Yeah, that's amazing, isn't it? And it just demonstrates that there is plenty of affordable housing in those suburbs around the outskirts of Mandurah for people to look at. Brendan, it's been a great little chat again about the regions. Thank you nice very much. Nice to cover much. off on the whole of WA, Trent. Hey, Thank you very much. It's good that we've got Brent. some interesting little stories a little bit of change things for people to look out for in the broom space obviously Um, seeing a bit of modulation there but also the continual onslaught of prices in the southwest yeah it has surprised a few of us yeah frank thank you very much for your time mate speak soon cheers trent thank you thank you for listening to another episode of the perth property show if you've only just joined the conversation you can catch up by heading over to our website perthpropertyshow.com.au subscribing to the podcast or joining our Facebook page.
Don't forget to tune in next Monday at 7am for more expert insights, local analysis and suburb spotlights. Happy hunting!